Hi, welcome to Bipolar Bicoastal. I'm Anna. And I'm Maria. We're twins living on opposite coasts. Here to talk about navigating life while bipolar. Hey, Mia. Hello, Nanners. How are you? I am well. How are you? You know, good. Just hanging out in this closet. We record in closets, for those of you who didn't know. Yeah, everyone asking about why our audio is so good. First of all, we just lost 15 minutes of it and had to restart, so it's not that great. And second of all... (laughs) 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 And second of all, it's because we um, record in closets, um, in my case, next to cat shit and in a litter box, not just like rogue, although that does happen in my apartment. Um... It's an old industry trick. (laughs) I work in showbiz, guys. She's in the biz. Um, The biz of show. And yeah, how's how's Minnie doing? Minnie's great. She has been sneezing. I'm not sure why. I think it's because it is so hot in Los Angeles right now. Mm -hmm. It is 86 degrees. And so we've all taken all of our fans out from, from like... I say storage. There's about two closets in my whole apartment. Mm-hmm. Storage. And put them around and they're on, but they were we didn't clean them first. They're very dusty. So she's been yeah. like sneezing a lot, I think, because of that. Do you ever feel And like- also, oh, sorry. she's been in my closet as well, which is like cute, but she's not here right now because on the off chance that she makes one of her four noises a day, mm-hmm. I didn't want that to be on the audio. She's so cute. Yeah, she Kimmy's- just makes a little like... Know, when she it's wants so food. cute. So cute. Kimmy is lying on his um litter box mat. That's one of his favorite spots. So, and that's right where you are, right? Yeah, he's right behind me. Anna has a very small apartment, but a very large closet. So we're not complaining. Um, we're not, com- we're not complaining. Let it be known. We're not complaining. <laughs> yeah, no complaining. Twenty twenty. There's nothing to complain about. Twenty twenty. Um, Mom used to call me a whiny all the time as a child she called both of us whiny i was also gonna say the whole concept of dusting which is not taught to us no offense mom but that was just not i literally didn't (laughs) this is so privileged (laughs) this makes us sound like such assholes anna yeah we sound like brats which we we're both members of the dsa can we just can that be okay yeah and we like should have mentioned earlier on our podcast i feel but like we wanted Bernie to win. The DSA is the Democratic Socialist America. We're kind of like we're kind of off topic right now. Yeah, I think it's because um, we are a little bit stalling because the episode today. Yeah, wait, wait. I, I want to just say it's not our our dad could have taught us how to dust as well. Yeah, and he possibly possibly someone possibly did. he tried. Possibly they did, and we just like blocked it out. Yeah, I just like the, on the list of chores that was not one of them. You know, like I just, like didn't think of that as yeah. like a possibility. That was like something that people didn't like. Oh God, <laughs> like, no, kill me. That people didn't like movies. It's not that. In, like, it's not outfits. that we didn't do chores or housework oh, yeah, or yard like, work. It's just that that wasn't a concept that we understood. The fact we that we're this so much is that people are just not going to believe us. I think this is just ours trying to defend ourselves to, like, past roommates and stuff like that. Oh, God. Sorry. Sorry to all my past roommates. Mostly Elena Morrissey. One time, Anna left a banana on okay, let's... bed. <laughs> For months. It wasn't intentional and no one noticed. That's the worst part. There was no odor. That's why. That's the worst part is that nobody noticed. <laughs> and that's okay. in college, but still. I feel like we should have been creating, like, a safe space for me at the beginning of this episode and, like, talking about, like, what a great, like, and, like, strong person I am, mm-hmm. like, how brave I am and, like, how, like, competent I am, not fucking roasting my, yeah. like, house cleaning skills, which, like, admittedly, since I spend 24 hours in my apartment now, I am so well aware of where they lack. <laughs> it's in a lot of places. But, um... It's okay. Uh, you know, fuck the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. I want to pivot into the meat of our episode, which is a story of how Anna got her bipolar diagnosis. Yeah, I, I want to say it's like my bipolar story, like part one. 
It's her journey. And I'm waiting for my part two. <laughs> I'm... I have, like, my fingers crossed. Like, like when am I going to become manic or depressed again? Like, well, it's... I feel depression coming on, so... Sorry, for my parents listening, that's a joke. That is not real. She doesn't. I have been stuck inside a lot, but I have been taking care of myself. And I definitely haven't been splitting my pills in half, so nobody worry about that. Marie Constance. Just one. Just one. One time. Just until Monday. Oh, my God. It's okay. Text and call her, not me. Okay? Who has... Oh, oh, our parents. I was like, nobody has my number. (laughs) Honestly, probably 80% of people listening to this do have my number. So you shouldn't get out your number at all. All, all of the you, boys. All the ladies. And all the people who are gender non-binary. Can we... Okay, sorry. We're stalling because we're stalling Anna doesn't again. want to do this. Okay. So here's some disclaimers, caveats. First of all, this happened... Jesus. Four to like three and a half years ago. If you, I would be hard pressed to give you like a day by day summary of what I did last week. That would be really difficult for me. So like, and this memory is shit on a good day. It's shit on a good day, and it's atrocious on like a depressive, manic like swing, etc. So it is what we have cobbled together through like different people's accounts. It, we tried hard to get like some sort of coherent timeline but it is like our best not like exactly what happened so none of it's going to be like an intentional lie but there are going to be like things where it's like oh like this maybe happened before that or after that but the the bulk of it yeah is there um and this is like very common in trauma that's why a lot of sexual assault survivors can only remember like pieces of what happened like certain images and like visions yeah. and stuff like that and like and why me, tara reed yeah. is telling the truth when she talks about joe biden sexually assaulting her or at the very least her story is so common among what happens with sexual trauma survivors trust me i know sorry keep uh, going. that's anna's job and also <laughs> brett kavanaugh's accusers christine blasey ford yeah nice good pull yeah, I heard her name a lot. Um, again on the hotline. Um, okay, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, cool. So Anna, yes, how did this all begin? Yes. So, okay, let me grab my notes. <laughs> I'm not stalling. <laughs> Anna is a bipolar queen. She got her <laughs> diagnosis first. I did. I was a trailblazer. You know, uh, she. I came out of the womb first and. Um, but she got bipolar disorder, like, diagnosed first. Yeah, and I also skipped backwards first. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> okay. And here is where it begins. So, I, um, my story starts with, like, depression. So, I was in and out of, um, probably, you would say mild, maybe not depressive episodes throughout college, um potentially like throughout like the the latter half oh wait the second half of high school um but I wasn't diagnosed with it um I did Mm -hmm. go to like a few therapy appointments throughout um the first three four years of college but never anyone that consistently and I was never put on any medication besides amphetamine salts aka like generic Adderall for an ADHD diagnosis that I got but those pills that I got made me feel really strange like they sped me up basically and probably induced hypomanic episodes um Mm -hmm. so again though this is another caveat in hindsight everything looks like depression or mania. Like, it's really hard to know what was or wasn't. Mm -hmm. And a bipolar diagnosis is is a hard one to get in general. So it's possible that, like, that combination of depression, ADHD, was actually just bipolar, but it's also hard to know. Um, But what what I do know is that certain medications don't interact well with my body because I am bipolar, we now know, and and amphetamine is also one of them. So, yeah, so I spent college like that really kind of struggling because I was 
like grappling with depression that to Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people and to myself just looked like laziness and it was really hard for me to kind of combat that self-image of just thinking of myself as like a lazy piece of shit because things seemed I know but that was true and I want to be honest about that because I feel like you know I had this idea of like oh like wouldn't I do well like I like how a lot of potential but there would just be times when I wasn't doing well and like mm-hmm. I think that's really common among people who are depressed to like think of them like to like internalize a lot of like the negative things that come from like you know it's hard to get to bed oh is that because you're depressed or because like you're like lazy yeah. or, like you know it's hard to focus like is that because you're depressed or is that because like you're like not trying or like not like you know doing enough or like whatever and like the number of hours I spent in the library during college versus the grades that I got I mean it's just really not (laughs) a one-to-one not that good grades are like a symbol of like good mental health but I think it did speak to like how much I was struggling but how like hard it was without knowing like what was wrong with me Mm mm-hmm yeah, and, like, that's how I would think of it was, like, I am what's wrong with me, where it's, like, no, like, you actually have, like, a disease that's making these things, like, really hard. Okay. Okay, and so then, <laughs> and then how did you get, like, what was the yeah. tipping point? So the escalation was the summer to spring of my super senior year, um, so that would be... Um, Your victory lap? My victory lap, so, like... I guess it was kind of, like, spring 2016 to, like, summer to fall 2016, I was, like, depressed. I was grieving the loss of a really important person in our lives who we've talked about before. Who we mentioned in a question and answer episode. Um, He was, like, um, I'm going to say his name, like, Tom Barrett. He was, like, a mentor to both of us, and he was also, like really instrumental for me in like terms of getting schoolwork done and like especially like there was this like larger project I was supposed to do like my thesis basically that I he was like my thesis advisor so losing him was like really hard personally and it was also really hard scholastically and then like a few other bad things happened that like spring and then that summer and also all my friends graduated and I was back at like school so it was a really mm-hmm. hard summer for a lot of reasons but a lot of them would probably have been easier if I wasn't depressed and then I started back at St. Mary's in my college in St. Mary's College College of Maryland St. Mary's College of Maryland the public honors college um in the fall of the confluence of the Chesapeake (laughs) and the Potomac yes can't believe I went there (laughs) (laughs) like not a great it's pretty niche okay um in the fall of 2016 I went back so it was a hard semester in general for a lot of reasons I'm not gonna quite go into but the main one being that I was like pretty depressed and um sorry I'm so sorry it's okay I can't believe I went there it kills me I haven't heard that in so long especially since it was so shitty at the end not not the fall of the college obviously okay 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 I'm I'm serious I'm listening okay depression (laughs) depression and depressed okay so I was back at college I had maybe two friends and that's just not an exaggeration that's literally like what was happening and um, shout out to Mia Thoreau who did our tile art and Marie Jankowski who <laughs> did, pretend not didn't pretend to cry a bunch art. of times but she did help me a lot that semester so I was like eventually I was prescribed I went to like a psychiatrist I went back home I went back home a lot that semester but I went back home and my mom took me to a psychiatrist and I was prescribed with Zoloft, which is an antidepressant, but it's an antidepressant for people who are have monopolar depression, not bipolar. So I was prescribed it, but I was is not... Is it monopolar or unipolar? It's probably unipolar. <laughs> okay, I don't unipolar. know. Do you want to Google it really quick and then just tell me? Okay, I'm a fact check. Okay, I'm going to keep talking, then you just, like, fact check. Great. Um. Okay, so I was prescribed, but I was not, like prescribed follow-up like therapy or like medication management i like literally went for the one appointment got my prescription went back to st mary's so it's it's unipolar okay so it says a lot is for people with unipolar depression um and it interacts really badly with people with bipolar depression as we will see so i did that and went back but i did not have any follow-up care so 
things got better. I, like, got less depressed. I came out of it, but I also started speeding up. And, like, in hindsight, I probably started experiencing mania, like, towards finals of that year, which is, I've been told, pretty common that, like, final season sparks mania because you're not really sleeping, which was, like, definitely always true with my final seasons. And I remember... yourself. (laughs) I slept good and well finals weeks. I, I remember times when you would stay up for, to write papers. Not during finals week, though. Okay, well, <laughs> I certainly um, did not get good sleep during We're twins, time. but we're different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we could have Maria's, like, academic struggles later if we want to, because it'll be a very short podcast episode, but, um... Yeah, um, write in if you want to hear about my <laughs> struggles with my acad- <laughs> academics and the... <laughs> sorry, academics and the one... C plus I got in college on a paper not a class just to clarify for everyone I got to redo it too is that relatable no people love this okay what do we say about <laughs> I'm so sorry for interrupting Anna. please go ahead You're interrupting to like brag about how you were better oh the reason I didn't have um stressful finals weeks is because I took film and sociology classes no it's not she's also a very smart good student okay let me continue I, on. Oh, and I didn't have depression. That's the other thing. <laughs> okay, ready? And we're back. You got anything on your system? <laughs> and we're back. Okay, so just to recap for everyone who might not have been following along, I'm on Zoloft. I'm like getting manic. It's the end of fall 2016, my super senior year. And I was... I, the reason why, like, in hindsight, I think I was speeding up because I remember doing things, like, thinking that I had to, like, draw, like, a thank you card for all of my roommates, and, like, I needed someone. So cute. So, a lot of my mania expressed itself in thank you notes is a fun fact, um, and that's one of them, and so I came back from college, and here's where it gets a little tricky to, like, nail down the details, so I came home, I was, like, in a good mood. It was Christmas break and I was not going back to St. Mary's after that semester. I was going to be doing an internship and finishing up my thesis. Spoiler, it never happened that spring. Life hack. <laughs> Life hack. And um, yeah, get hospitalized. People would like really go easy on you after that. And so I wrote like a bunch of thank you notes. I remember like a lot of stuff. I don't remember um what we did for new year's but i think we might have had like a party at our house like a small party is that right elena morris you're right in with the details is that the uh... yeah we spent any, every new year's with elena so i'm just assuming she was there for that one too yeah i know did we like go out in clarendon this can't matter it literally doesn't matter sorry and also never go out oh clarendon. no 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 because you were dating um <laughs> you shall not be named so we actually went to elena morris's house okay you're with the basketball hoop. Oh, Gwen's house. You're, that's right. Sorry. Gwen's oh, God. House. Again, this doesn't matter. Terrible New Year's. Anyways, <laughs> bringing it back. It was only terrible because of that person. Okay. Yeah. So we did that. And then it was like, I, and then I was like getting more and more like erratic. Like I was talking very fast. Um, I like, according to my mom, I was doing things like, staying up all night and like doing laundry and stuff um which is out of character and I like and stuff like that so my yeah like I was I don't know weird stuff like that I don't even want to talk about it because there's like this like weird shame that I also feel around it which we'll get into in a different episode and so there were like these like weird things I was doing I went to like Michael's and had this like shopping spree where I was like I'm gonna start scrapbooking like just y'all wait and I think that was before yeah I spent like $300 at Michael's on like oh we we um we got married oh and me and Maria spent what was it like three days (laughs) no it was way quicker it was like 20 24 48 hours con marring which is like I feel like everyone knows but it's like when you like go through literally every possession that you own like throw away all of it in our cases from the magic art of tidying up by marine condo the life-changing magic of tidying up yeah that's what i said <laughs> which literally i gave to my therapist i was like this is the devil's book like you should never let people use it because it'll make them manic which is not true it was just that we i wasn't sleeping and so i called that same psychiatrist the one trying to prescribe me the zoloft and 
I my mom was like you need to call her and like ask her if she thinks you might be manic because that's like a side effect of Zoloft and I called her and I was like hey like <laughs> my mom like so crazy thinks I might be manic like da da and she was like basically how I remember the phone call and I don't want to say this like disparage her in any way like it's a really hard diagnosis and she was not like a psychiatrist for people who are bipolar but I basically remember the combo being like oh is do you have like this warning sign that warning sign okay well as long as like you're not engaging in like risk-taking behavior like driving like at like 80 miles an hour or like 100 miles an hour like you're like it sounds like you're fine and again like I think a phone consultation is not the right way to like get a real answer about these kind of things and stuff like that but I was (laughs) reader she was not fine like it was not good so I was speeding up and yeah the next day at dinner was when it got kind of bad like I was just talking a lot like and I remember Maria remember this like dinner like you and Tipper had cooked and mom like was like Anna like you're talking a lot and you were like no she's not like she's fine basically do you remember that no, I mean, I, I thought that you cooked dinner. I don't know. I, trauma, like, what, trauma. I, what I remember, <laughs> Mia, is, like, me and the person I was dating at the time, and then you and, like, the person you were dating at the time, like, had, like, a, like, each night, like, cooked dinner, and it was, like, a, like, a contest. Uh, Doesn't that sound like something that I would want to do, like, a competition? I don't know. I do remember somebody cooked dinner who was not mom. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, special. I think it, yeah, or, like, maybe, like, me and that person cooked dinner and you and Tipper cooked like dessert or something I don't know I don't remember quite how it went we do sound so spoiled thank you so much mom for all that you've done for us yeah oh wait did we sound spoiled that we're like oh one of us cooked dinner oh no but I remember it was like a special thing because like we went like I remember like it was like a special thing I was like oh like this is what we're gonna do like it's a contest that's how I remember it all right go ahead keep going yeah so yeah so then I so then me and mom went to see the psychiatrist in person, and this is according to mom's memory. I don't quite remember how many times I went to see the psychiatrist or, like, what was prescribed. Again, I was not <laughs> well, um, and she gave, like, I was also, like, very into trying to convince people that I was fine so like classic classic so I was like oh like it's because of the book it's because of like these things that I'm like acting like a little bit erratically right now like I'm actually like really good like really good um (laughs) yeah and so like and then so we went and she gave me the psychiatrist gave me some kind of sedative but it was apparently similar to what okay so this is a little bit of backstory I had previously when I went to get my wisdom teeth out I woke up under anesthesia and it was like really not fun and like really bad and so my mom was like scared to give me a sedative that was like similar to what I've been person like but to what I've been put under when I was getting my wisdom teeth out I only got half of them taken out because it was like I, I couldn't finish the surgery so it was like a very valid concern and then she suggested apparently that we that I would be given Benadryl and then Julia my Our older sister, sister was so lovely and like rubbed my back and like did square breaths like breathe in two three four that's the first time I'd ever done them and I just like still do them it's just such a good technique for like anxiety like did square breaths with me when like rubbed my back while I like held my head over the toilet for like in my memory like hours I don't know how long it actually it was hours but, like, it was long yeah and she like calmed me down and I started to feel a lot better which makes sense, like, because that's, like, And you slept and I for, like, slept. the first time in a, in a few days, yeah. Yeah, and so the next day I was supposed to start this internship that I had, and I couldn't. I thought I could. I, like, woke up and I was like, I'm doing so much better, like, da da But luckily, I was, like, not allowed to do that. My mom was like, and you, I'm sure, were like, okay, like, let's just see how it goes for, like, a day or two. Yeah. And then... My, yeah, mom says, like, your my speech was still pressurized, which was, like, one of my main symptoms, besides, like, yeah, writing copious amounts of thank you letters and, like, staying up all night and stuff like that and starting trying to start scrapbooking. Yeah. And then um, we went back to see the psychiatrist, and uh, she was like, well, like, it was, I was bad at that point. I, like, tried to jump out mm-hmm. of my mom's car on the way home. Or that's actually, I think, not a fair assessment. I, like, really wanted to get out of the car and, like, really needed my mom to, like, mm-hmm. pull over, like, ASAP and, like, 
was like freaking out that I couldn't get out of the car and then she did pull over and stuff like that. It was just like I started being really afraid of myself and afraid of like people around me at that point. Like I got really paranoid. Mm -hmm. And like so she gave me a prescription for like lithium, which is not I don't I'm not a doctor, but um my mom then called a different psychiatrist for a second opinion who like was like Sorry, the reason um mm-hmm. the reason Anna's saying like lithium is kind of a weird thing to get at that time is it's it's a long term thing and she was in a crisis point. Yeah. Um so she wasn't gonna sorry. So she wasn't gonna come down from something yeah. more long term. We need something more fast acting to because she wasn't really eating or sleeping at yeah. this point. Sorry, also, go like, ahead, lithium's, like, not, like, an antipsychotic in the same way. So it was, like, a weird mm-hmm. prescription. Again, this doctor, that was not their specialty, and we yeah. probably should have. And we will at some point get a psychiatrist on. We just, I just wanted, like, when we talk about medication stuff, we just need to be, like, yeah. more careful because I don't know what anyone else is on, so. Yeah. yeah. Asterisks next to all of our medication stuff. This is, like, we're not totally. experts. It's just personal. Yeah. yeah. This is my experience with these medications. And so... God, one more, one more asterisk. Like these are medications, right? Like they're gonna work well for some people and not for others. And like mm-hmm. my experience with things like Zoloft and like amphetamine salts are not gonna be similar to someone else's. So like, yeah. And like, we're we're twins and we're on different medications now. Like it's, yeah. you know what I mean. Like it's it's different for different people. Yeah. And like, go ahead, Nanners. Multiple things can work for multiple things. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. anyways, the other psychiatrist was one who who does specialize in bipolar disorder, and they suggested that I be put onto Seroquel, which was like a very low dose that I put onto it. Okay. So this is the day that I remember most clearly because it was the most dramatic. So, mm-hmm. got back from the psychiatrist, started taking everything out of my room that I thought could hurt me pushed my bed in front of the window so I could like so if I like wanted to I couldn't jump out of it I was not experiencing suicidal ideation but I was safety planning really like aggressively which is really scary for everyone around me and like for myself yeah so sorry so safety planning is when you start trying to make the environment around you safer because you're not either it's like anesthetized because you're like paranoid and because you're not sure what you are capable of yeah that was kind of the reasoning and like um that's like one definition that's the definition of safety planning i'm using right now yeah so i like (laughs) like took all the like electronics out of my room all like the laces out of my Mm -hmm. shoes like all like that stuff and then like also went into like the bathrooms and did it like in my mom's bathroom and did it there because i wanted to take baths which i did a lot during that time oh my god so much lavender stuff i know you spent so much money on lavender stuff it's so, it's so funny i know <laughs> it's, it's, like it's funny like because i don't know at least for me like when i'm manic it's not even like i'm not like a different person like a heightened version of like, myself like going to michael's yeah. and spending like a th- like hundreds of dollars on like scrapbooking stuff it's like not unheard of <laughs> like oh totally. i would and never especially like in the new year do you know what i mean like yeah or like sending all those like letters like that was something i would have done anyways just not like all in one night probably so and not to like all of those people but yeah anyways so started doing that stayed in my room like wanted to like lock myself in the room one of my mom's friends came over and like did like some like laying of hands on me and it was like very lovely like my mom's like whole support system was so lovely to me during that time and then um Mm -hmm. I, like, basically, like, wanted to, like, stay in my closet and, like, stay in there. And at first, I was, like, okay mm-hmm. with, like, Maria and the person I was, like, dating at the time, like, Elena coming in. And eventually, like, the, over the course of the day, like, I just got more and more erratic. So, like, what I remember is that I was very paranoid and I didn't trust, like, the adults in the house. And I wanted, like maria to take me away basically and like get our like mm-hmm. social security numbers like our, like our cards like our passports and like run away and obviously maria wasn't going to do that but in the beginning of the night i was like okay like if you guys think i should go to if maria thinks i should go to the hospital like i'll go but then by the time that like that decision was made like maria you can talk about like how you like right now made that decision because like, that's kind of like where we're at like i I can talk yeah. about what happened after, but that's, like, I think kind of where we're at with the, the day. Sure. Yeah, so I had, like, this, I had never, like, experienced bipolar disorder before. Like, we don't, as far as we know, like, have any other family members who have it. So, like, this is my first manic episode. Mm-hmm. And, like, Anne and I are very close, and I can normally, like, really predict how she's, like, feeling and thinking and stuff like that. And as the 
week went on, it just became like clear that she was like getting sicker and sicker and, and this stuff wasn't helping, but I really didn't, she really didn't want to be hospitalized and I really didn't want to do anything that you didn't want to do. And I didn't like the idea of you going to a psych ward mm-hmm. either, but by this point, like you locked yourself in the closet, you which like, again, wouldn't... like that's where I like to be when I'm like stressed out. Is like in a like I yeah. would just like cry in my closet when I was a kid. Like that's where I would go. So like not unheard of. Oh, just yeah. like the way it was happening was like not correct. Yeah, yeah. We used to hide in closets a lot as a kid, <laughs> and we like wrote on the walls. It's fine. We had we're fine. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so she and like I was just like I, I don't want to like. I just felt like it, it. I felt a responsibility for Anna. I just felt like I knew her best mm-hmm. interests, and like I, I didn't want to do any. Like we're just, I'm. I don't know how to. We're very used to like looking out for each other and like being each other's like advocates. Anyway, so you were the safety planning was like really concerning to me. You had never done that before and we neither of us have ever been suicidal or had suicidal ideation so it's very weird to be crossing that line i didn't i called nami the national alliance of mental illness the hotline and they didn't give any advice and i was just like should i call the ambulance like what should i do and they're like you know we can't give advice blah 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 and i was just like i really wanted it to work but you hadn't been eating very much at all Mm -hmm. Um, you hadn't been sleeping. You were noticeably thinner after like a few days it of had this been, happening. Like, yeah, and and to be fair, like yeah, I've been like a few weeks at this point, but just like not. Yeah, sorry, noticeable until yeah. the last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was just like very clear that you were like, and and then you started like not trusting me either, and I was like, okay, this is like the point. So I called nine one one, an ambulance, and the police came mm-hmm. and I, I think the car. police came first mm-hmm. the squad car the people in the house as far as I can remember were my mother I don't know if her husband was there Anna because you didn't really want him to be around because you really didn't trust anybody yeah. you, honestly you didn't want anybody to be there I'm not like I think that he like took that to heart and maybe left I'm not sure Elena Morrissey our friend from college and our current friend as well mm-hmm. was there and yeah, and, and mom. And the person um, I was dating. And the person you were dating, yep. And so the, it was, this is at night, it was like late at night, very dramatic. Um, the police came. Yeah. You at this point, you you knew the ambulance was coming, you really didn't want to go yeah, to I the can, hospital. Like, I think I can pick up. Sorry. That's okay. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yep. So like, I was like, like I, you told me, you came in and told me, and I was mm-hmm. like, and I freaked out and like started like mm-hmm. getting really violent. And mm-hmm. I like told you to like well didn't tell like like made you and like mm-hmm. the person i was in like leave the room mm-hmm. and then i like l- like shut myself in my closet and like started like kicking holes in the wall yeah and then like and also like uh, this is like so shameful like yeah like i didn't want any like i don't know if anyone else has like gone through maniac's experiences like i didn't like sensory was like not like felt very constricted by like clothing and stuff so like i like yeah lost. i'm gonna like pause for a second this next part is like the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to me and our entire family and like this is like a trigger warning for sure like it's dark yeah and like i still like i saw like a video like on my phone the other day of like someone being like um like taken away by the police and it's it still makes me like tear up every time so like oh it's it's, it's not great so I'll just, like, kind of breeze yeah, through this part. So I, like, so the police came, came like, Maria gave me clothes. I put them on. The police came in. They, like, carried me down the stairs, like, kicking and screaming. Mm. And then I, like, eventually, like, something clicked where I was, like, I don't want to go in the squad car to the hospital. I want to go in the ambulance because mm-hmm. Maria can be there. And I, like, went limp. Yeah. And then Maria came in the ambulance with me to the hospital mm-hmm. where I then spent, like, a fair amount of time, like my like concert of time is skewed but a fair amount of time like mm-hmm. in like a holding room i don't even know what to call it like a like a yeah wherever they put you before they like put you into like she the was unit. like res- she was restrained it was yeah aw- there's police still there for whatever it was awful awful yeah actually like when i was in there like uh, it really sucks so like my like i could have people coming in like one or two mm-hmm. at a time for like part of it and then like mm-hmm. after 
I think you left or, or someone else left, like, then there was, like, crisis on, like, in the hallway. Like, a person was being, like, was having some sort of episode and there was, like, mm-hmm. 20 police officers, security officers, like, lining the hallways and no one could come into mm-hmm. my room at that point. Which, yeah. Yeah, which is when I was then restrained because I, like, threw something across the room and, like... Yeah, you threw a chair across the room. Yeah, so that someone would, like, come in and, like, Beat. Which again, something Anna does when she's not manic. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, because there was like no one paying any attention to me because of what was happening in the hallway, and like I didn't know what was going on, and I was yeah. really scared. Anyways, and then so eventually I got put into the highest security uh, psych ward at, in the hospital because I was involuntarily hospitalized, not voluntarily hospitalized, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I know it's like not like a hindsight thing, like whatever, but really recommend if you can like get voluntarily hospitalized not involuntarily hospitalized yeah. because wow if I could have like not those associations with like <laughs> the police yeah. and stuff like that now like that would be great can I also say mm-hmm. just really quickly Anna, mm-hmm. if you do make the decision to check yourself into a psych ward or call something like get your family member checked in involuntarily I would really recommend researching beforehand which hospitals in the area Mm -hmm. have the best programs because the one that we chose I'm sure they were doing the best they could for the resources that they had but it wasn't a great fit for Anna and I and most people wouldn't have recommended it um yeah everyone I spoke to was like that was that's like a terrible place to be there yeah and and Anna can put resources in the show notes because this part is actually the most explicitly we've talked about this ever but there's also advocates that you can have with you when you're like or it can give you advice while you're doing all this sort of stuff so yeah I'll i just want to say like the stuff about like yeah. mental health crisis units for i mean the people in the ambulance were like amazing but just like having they're the, so great the cops yeah. involved in any situation is horrible and like escalates everything so they're not trained to deal with this stuff properly and it's, and their it's, whole job right is violence like that's their whole job yeah. so that's how it's gonna yeah. go down so anyways Sorry, keep going. And, so, and I was really lucky that I have, like, the privilege that I do when I was interacting with them, like, because I was not complying at all. But, yeah. So, anyways, so then then I um, was in the psych ward for five days and, like, maybe um, maybe at, like, a different time I'll talk more about my experiences in there. But it, it was not fun. Um, yeah. I mean, there were some good times, but also some bad times. Mm-hmm. And people there were, like, a lot less... Uh, coherent that I was which was like kind of difficult especially towards the end and then and sorry once you got like once they kind of sedated you and like you got on like slightly better medica- medications in the psych ward you you weren't violent it was like that one night that you were violent oh yeah absolutely and like I just want to say I just want to say that and yeah. also like I yeah and like in terms of like the violence like I it really was just like me needing help and not knowing how mm-hmm. to like kind of like and no one paying attention unless you were like unless you started like kicking and screaming basically yeah or like me not wanting to be taken to the hospital and stuff like that oh yeah we so i want i want to like really drive that home people with bipolar disorder and like and manic states like anna's specifically i can't really talk to like many other people but like she was punching walls and hurting herself the only time that she she didn't want people near her because she didn't want to hurt them. Like, it's not... It was only yeah. when you were literally being taken out of the room and being restrained, restrained. by people. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, couldn't handle being restrained. I mean, I was handcuffed. Like, it was, like, it was not... <laughs> yeah. Don't was... recommend it. Yeah. Keep but, going. Yeah. There, sorry. It's okay. And then, like... Yeah. So, anyway. So, I got to the hospital ward, and it was, like, in bad. And I think that's, like, a different episode. Um, Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, and then I went to, like, a partial hospitalization program for the next, I was in there for a week, and then I was in a partial hospitalization program for two weeks after that, and then, which is, like, an outpatient therapy program, like, they have, like, social workers and psychiatrists, and, like, it's a lot of group therapy and, like, (laughs) nature walks and stuff like that, like, meditation, which is nice, but also, like, I felt, again, like, trapped there. (laughs) I really Mm -hmm. wanted to, like, go back to, like, a just resume normal life which I wasn't ready for but I wanted it and then I went and had my got out of it started my internship was still like low-key manic but was doing a better job controlling it not a great job but a better job and then um eventually the medications you know kicked in and then I started being um depressed for the rest of that that Mm -hmm. spring of 2017 very common very common yes 
common for either to precede or like postseed. But anyway, so I got my bipolar diagnosis in like right before I went, well, I guess in the hospital or, or right out, I don't know, that around that time I got my bipolar diagnosis mm-hmm. winter 2016 to 17. And then, um, yeah. And so, I don't know, we talked before about how it's really like kind of a double like edge sword like to get the bipolar diagnosis like it's a it's a blessing like Mm -hmm. on the one hand like because um you know like what's going on and like you can have get like treatment for it and stuff like that but it was also definitely like the way that it happened I like really wouldn't like wish on anyone like it was not it was awful and like it like it's no one's fault like no one's to blame but like it definitely like was really hard on like everyone around and like you know I don't think anyone wants to ever see like their child carried down the stairs by the cops and like I don't think anyone ever wants to like ride in the back of an ambulance like with their sister like as they're like kicking and screaming I was I was happy too well yeah but like that's not like the (laughs) like if you could have like not had that whole situation happen and like oh no it made us closer oh my first ambulance (laughs) it was so fun yeah and like there are there were some really great mental health professionals but there are also like in any job there are some people who are just like phoning it in or who, who have like compassion fatigue or burnout and like I got to interact with like a lot of both those types of people but yeah, I don't know. I'm just very grateful that I had the people in my life that I did. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, people like my sisters and my mom, my dad, and like my mom's husband and like all of her friends who were there for me and like all of my friends, like <laughs> Mia Thoreau giving me a haircut that I immediately fucked up and stuff like that because I was, again, <laughs> just really, really not wanting to do things. But um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Glenn Cocas was great. Glenn Cocas is amazing. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of, like, Maddie was great. And, um, yeah, like, everyone who I called to tell them about, like... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so, so embarrassing. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It was hard, but it was also, I think, one of the better things in the end that, like, has mm-hmm. happened. And um, I don't know. There were a lot of... So, a lot sorry, of, and there's a... Yeah. No, that's I don't know. <laughs> okay. So how long did it take you to get out of that depressive episode that you were in in, in what was it, spring twenty seventeen? Months? I don't know. I wasn't out of it until it's kind of hard to know. It was tied up at the end of like a really bad relationship, so it's hard to know mm-hmm. what was like that and what was yeah. me being depressed, but like that end of that summer maybe is like when things started to be yeah better <laughs> yeah and so you graduated college, college in that spring worst worst graduation <laughs> horrible horrible and then yeah and then like by the end of that summer I was working the job that I like at the organization that I now currently work at in that fall so yeah it all happened like very slowly but also very fast at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah and, um, and do you have a what a uh, type of bipolar disorder did you get? Bipolar like, one. End? That was really yeah. mine was a really easy diagnosis because of how extreme mine was and the fact that it was mm-hmm. preceded by a depressive episode. I think that's like the way that they oftentimes yep. know. Um, but again, I think really like that diagnosis is so like <laughs> so best left up to like people who are professionals and honestly like, professionals mm-hmm. specifically in bipolar disorder because it's like a really different yeah. kind of mental illness to other ones and like I mean it would have been really easy I had like delusions when I was like in the hospital like auditory mm-hmm. hallucinations and like it would have been really easy to to diagnose me as like schizophrenic or something which is which is not the right diagnosis and stuff like that so yeah definitely important to like get obviously in my case a second opinion like probably helped save my life and like definitely important to like once you get prescribed medication to keep seeing someone so they can manage it and like manage symptoms mm-hmm. of it and like also if like you're not getting like the if things aren't working how they are supposed to to get like a second opinion I think that's really important yeah yeah I was lucky to have people in my life advocating for me like that yes yeah <laughs> okay so that's it <laughs> cliffhanger next week we'll be talking about how i got diagnosed will there be 
a scant year later. A scant year later. Yeah, and then one day we'll talk about how hard that year was for both of us, like, in our relationship. I think that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah, so my diagnosis. Can't wait. Cannot wait to talk about it. Next week. So much fun. Next week. Yeah. yeah. Also, we... like... I don't know. If anyone experienced something similar to, like, my stuff, like, please reach out and let me know. I would love to hear about it. I, it's really hard. Like, our our journeys were so different. Like, so even when we talk about it, like, yeah. there are things that just, like, we can't relate to. And it'd be really nice to, like, hear about someone mm-hmm. else who is, like, got, like, institutionalized or, like, yeah stuff like that. That'd be great. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, This is normally the time that we would do voice memos, but the episode is already kind of long do you want to do them should we just should we just play them and then like very like very little banter around them (laughs) let me find my phone oh and for those who are curious i was put onto um a combination of lithium depakote and seroquel and i am now just taking lithium and seroquel and a combination of talk therapy and medication and uh sleep sleep is so important guys it's really important (laughs) Should I do mine first? Yeah, you do yours first. Just wanted to share with you that in the past two weeks, I have done both yoga for anger and yoga for grief. So I'm doing great right now. It's just really thriving right now. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah, I've been... What? (laughs) What grief? What grief are you? I'm just like, I don't know. I mean... We talk about politics a lot, just like mourning the end of like the idea that there'd be a candidate who cared about like healthcare and people's rights to like live if they have any sort of sickness. We'll do a different episode on this, but like one of the things that was made very clear to me when I was in my outpatient program was like how much like people's access to uh, insurance and like healthcare depends on how much treatment they get. It was like people would be waiting for medication for like weeks who shouldn't have been and like would go back into a manic state because of the fact they didn't have access to it or mm-hmm. like people would be like not discharged like kept for longer because they had insurance or like yeah discharged earlier because they didn't like i have a like theory that yeah. i was kept in for as long as i was because i had good insurance that would keep paying for it so yeah as awful as anna's um experience was it was drastically shortened and made better by the fact that we we had health insurance at the time yeah but yes that's that's the grieving just like grieving the end of bernie sanders candidacy i'm sorry yeah and i've also been really sad about how tara reed has been treated and like not believed and it's revealed a lot of like that's the anger one (laughs) it's like revealed a lot of like hypocrisies in our society and in the people around me it's just really frustrating so yeah who is who is tara reed anna oh she is the person who Joe Biden sexually assaulted when she was a staffer um, for his congressional office and that people are um, pretending not to believe in order to feel good about voting for him still. So Look it up, guys. Yeah, Maybe it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put her okay. um, interview. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to um, try to figure out which one of these is for you. Okay. Ready, Anna? Yep. That was some great bipolar awareness and people. Yeah, so that was um, <laughs> the Real Houses Mimi of Atlanta and Kenya on Real Houses of Atlanta shedding the stigma around bipolar disorder. They were like, "Oh man, you're bipolar. I'm gonna, you're bipolar." Like, <laughs> that's why well, your husband left you. <laughs> but like, and, you know, sometimes that happens. I love it. They, you know, supported the idea of medication as treatment. Um, yeah, go get your medication. I love that they... Because you're bipolar. Emphasize, That's, like, like, great advice. 
I love like the emphasis and like how important like taking care of your mental health is for your relationship. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that was season. And why do people question? Well, I the believe Housewives? they're so good. They're so good, and um, you know, this is just us pouring our hearts out for the maybe the generation before us that that wasn't as good about talking about <laughs> their illness who are now probably because of listening to our podcast more aware coming out yeah. and disclosing and so we really think this is only the second bravo show that i've watched in the past few months that's talked about it <laughs> in such a real honest way raw. unfiltered raw so that's season 12 i believe the episode is a greek tragedy in three acts uh watch watch and learn well thanks for um taking the time to record that <laughs> you're welcome it really spoke to me and yeah. i rewound it several times to try to get the audio you know read get the audio and that's that's what uh i did yeah well okay i think this is the end of this episode again mm-hmm. stay tuned next week for maria's episode and then can we tell them what's after that Yes, you can. You can tell them. And after that, we have an interview with our mother, the very, our very own Carol Burns. I am so excited. Yeah, that's actually part of what prompted us recording these stories because the interview needed a little more context, but I'm really mm-hmm. glad that we did. And yeah, it's a great, I think one of my favorite episodes, maybe my favorite episode yet. So yeah. All right. Bye, Nanners. I love you so much. Love you, too. Um, oh, thanks, as always, to Mia Thoreau for, sorry, Mia Thoreau for doing our tile art, Hannah Dorfman for doing our music, and Evie Davis has dressed, drawn portraits of us, and we released them last week. You can see them on our social media, Facebook, uh, bipolar by coastal and instagram at bipolar by coastal yes and if you have any questions comments concerns send us an email at um, bipolar by coastal at gmail.com or message us on instagram or facebook please 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 rate subscribe review it really does help and it's also nice to get some feedback on what we're doing um, and share as well if you think that people might be interested it's been really nice having um people reach out who heard it who've been through similar things or who hadn't really heard that much about this kind of stuff and we're learning so yeah thank you all so much for listening bye, bye.